Number three. Here we go. Oh, oh God. It doesn't get any easier. No. Oh. No, it does not. Oh, God. Ooh. And with oh, this wow. next story, I am adding another quick resource. Oh, okay. And that is Netflix's wow. series on oh. Jeffrey Epstein. If you have not watched that docuseries, I please do. Okay. I'm going to put that down. Annie and Maria Farmer, Jane Doe 63 and Jane Doe 64, their, short, their story is, I'm getting my words jumbled, their story is shared on there, and it goes in a whole lot more detail, but there is a specific portion that I remember them talking about that I could not find more details for in my notes but I am going to share like a brief overview of it and it's going to be weird and gross. Oh, so no. thank you, Netflix. <laughs> well, you know, interestingly enough, I've heard that on a few different podcasts recently about like certain levels of reporting or even like certain individual reporters have gotten so good that like there are certain details you can only find in like a YouTube docuseries yeah. they released themselves or like a, a series on Netflix or HBO. And it's like, these people are just so good at finding this information. You, you literally can only find it in this one place. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of impressive, but also uh... they, I did see it like mentioned in another article where they were confronting someone about it. And they're like, well, oh, what do you, okay. what do you know about this? And they're like, Mm, that wasn't real. I don't that know what was, you're talking that about. <laughs> I, I oh, I love. I, I hope it was presented just it. like that. And um, that wasn't real. Yeah. So this is this third story is the story of Annie and Maria Farmer. Okay. And the pair of them is known as the sisters who first tried to take down Epstein. Ooh, that's a good title. Like if you're gonna do yes. a docu series or something, or like a. Like that was actually like the, I want to say the title of one of the articles I looked at is like the sisters okay. who first tried to take down Epstein. And I was like, That's a good fuck idea. yeah, they did. Yeah. And it That's makes me kind of angry. Not because, it. no, not because like they. They did it. They did it. It's because it took so long. That's why. Right. That That's why I'm mad about it. Absolutely. Yeah, that does seem to be an ongoing theme of this whole thing is, well, like even like, again, going back to episode one, I would have never guessed that this started like, I think pre 90s, technically, like, like yeah. his debauchery started. And uh, it's yes. now 2024. And it's still not it's really still resolved. An issue. Yeah, like that's, that's insane. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. So, yeah. No, I think I think you're absolutely right to be outraged about how like long this stuff would take. That's that's yeah. mind-boggling. So, we are going to start with Maria's story and then we will oh, go no. to Annie's story. So And are they are they like twin sisters or they're just sisters? So, I mean not that it necessarily matters. Maria is the older sister and she is okay. about 2 to 3 years older than Annie. Okay. Okay. I yeah. was just thinking, like, the potential of them being, like, recruited into this, like, simultaneously, or, like, if if the older sister might have gotten indoctrinated first, so to speak. Yeah, so Maria was definitely kind of more 
indoctrinated first. Okay. So this is the early 90s. We're going back farther for this one. I was just going to say, yeah, we were just talking about how far back this goes. And we're yeah. going to the 90s. So she moved to New York, fresh out of high school, 1993, to follow her passion for art. And Aww. she enrolled at Shirley the New York Juilliard? Academy of Art. No. And then say we did touch also about good. that in episode two. Do where did she move from? She moved from, I believe it was Kentucky. Is oh. I believe their family was either in Kentucky or Arizona. I could not quite get a I don't know why Kentucky makes I think makes they it were in Arizona but... and then they her family later moved to Kentucky. Okay. But either way, she, she like graduates high school in Kentucky. Like I was saying, I don't know why that makes it more endearing, but I just picture them like on a farm and she's like, I want to move to the big city up north. I'm going to go to be an artist. Well, and you don't I'm hear that story an very often. Well, because yeah. you, you definitely hear people moving like to become famous, just sort of generally. Oh, yeah. Moving like to either, like LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a singer or I'm going to be a model or I'm going to be an actress. You don't really yeah. hear a lot of people moving just to like improve their art skill. Like just like, yeah. I know that this school in New York is this great. So I'm going to go there to be an artist. That's, that's pretty cool. Kind of, yeah. kind of unique. And Annie's or sorry, Maria, her specialty in art. And you know, everyone has like a specialty or like a style you really vibe right, right. with. Yeah. A particular medium with which you work or that kind of thing. Yeah. My, Particular style, for example, is oh. uh, my media choice is Conte, which is like a compressed charcoal. And you can get it in oh. various tones of browns and then like black and white. And the thing I like about it is that I can smear stuff with my fingers. So I get that it is fun. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be in the right. Yeah, like, I have like smudges and... on my face yes. every every time I do it. But well, since, my since we're, since we're sharing, my personal favorite is ceramics. I like molding things nice. into and then painting them, and you you yeah you heat them, and yeah, it's it's fun, it's nice. Yeah, and my style choice is hyper realism. Really? Yes. Do you so, have like work out there that? Because I've seen like stuff. On I Instagram. actually do. I oh. have. I have an art Instagram. It's C Williams Art. And on there, you can actually see like the uh, the profile image is an, a collaboration piece I did with one of my oh, classmates. And okay. everything that is like the cutout magazine collage, my co-creator made and everything in the black and white I drew. I, I'll admit that was, that was sort of like a, a shameless setup for a plug just, just for your other thing. But I didn't know that the, I didn't know that that was a collab. That's pretty cool. Cause I've yeah. seen that a bunch of times, but that's a really cool. Image. Yeah. So if you look at it and zoom in, you can kind of see like the various parts of it. And okay. I, as my art teacher is like, you are very perfectionist, mm. which is a nice way of saying you like to make things hard for yourself in choosing a hyper realism style because it's 
trying to get it to the point where it's like indistinguishable from a photograph. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And if, if anyone's watched like some TikTokers and YouTube people who, who do that kind of thing, the like finished works, uh, like the best way to put it is indistinguishable from a photograph. Like you can see people's pores on their faces, the amount of detail it's, yeah. It's truly incredible work. Yeah. It's but like, but yeah, your your art teacher is consuming. Yes, your your teacher is correct that it's like you like to just be hard on yourself. You are hard on yourself. And uh oh, yeah. yeah, this is it's if, not an easy road, that's for sure. No. Maria was, you know, she had her specialties and hers included figure, and she okay. worked a lot with adolescent figure, which for anyone who does not know what specifically that means is figures are nude and it's study of the human form, which is it's studying the form in like its purest way, which is nude and like without clothing because you can see how the body moves, how certain muscles like contract in certain positions and all of that. If you ever have gone to a museum and seen like Michelangelo's David, like that's how they get there. They have to yeah, study. You it. have to study it. Yeah. When you, when you see the intricate formations of how the muscles are actually contracting within this, like, like, I don't know if it was his quote, but the idea of like, he sees a piece of marble and he's trying to like, he sees the away. figure within. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to that free the figure within reveal. it. That is yes, sure. exactly. Yeah. And you have to be able to understand how the body is actually working, how the muscles are contracting and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they didn't get there by just thinking about it and just doing it. Like they had to study people. You do. And she had a chance while she was in school to study under one of her idols, Eric Fischel, who was very big. I think he's still fairly big in the art scene. So he became like a mentor for her while she was studying. And at a gallery show for her like graduation, the Dean of the Academy, Eileen Guggenheim, which Hmm. I cannot, I could not confirm if she actually had ties to the Guggenheims of the Guggenheim museum. I was going to say just about anyone would recognize that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I could not confirm that for sure. Maybe it's just a popular name. Who knows? Well, and Eileen <laughs> was a former British socialite and aide to Prince Charles, who is okay. not Prince Andrew that we discussed earlier. <laughs> Good. Just right. Perfect. Pointing that out there. Charles yes. is the current king of England. Right. right, right. You know, Charles, right. who was married to Diana, who is now married to Camilla. Which is a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Also a Netflix show, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So during this show, she was introduced to Epstein. And she said that she was forced to sell a painting that was inspired by Degas' piece, The Interior. Okay. And her specific piece kind of takes on like that voyeuristic style where... A man is in the doorway, like watching a young woman. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what the actual title for her piece is, but people do colloquially call it the rape. 
which fair enough considering the connotation with its current association it i see how people got there but i don't believe that is the actual name of the piece right right and it was during this graduation show that Eileen Guggenheim introduced her to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and then forced her to sell the painting at a discount, which is like a huge insult for one. You're showing off your work that's like the best it has ever been to this point. And it's like, yeah, you should discount that for this person because, you know, like they're kind of a big deal. We have a, yeah, we have a pal. He really likes He's my friend. Like. Come on. And? Uh, like, we just went on this whole thing about how, like, much work and time that takes. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, can't you just give him a deal? And it's like, no, I can't give him a fucking no, deal. No, I can't this just is my give life. him a deal. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? I am insulted that yeah. you would even ask that of me. Like, what That's the hell how this is works. wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Eileen states that she never had any part in Maria selling her painting and did not introduce them to each other at all. Cause you know, why would you associate with someone who is now currently not seen in a positive light? Like, no, I didn't do that. So Epstein met her here and then later called her to offer her a job acquiring art on his behalf, which even As like he's the artist. So it is more like she gets to kind of create art however she wants, but she gets to go to galleries, okay, gather inspiration while she's doing it, and just find pieces that like she thinks are interesting and be like, hey, here's what I found. What do you okay. like? So okay, and yeah, she's like purchasing yeah. it on his behalf once. Right. She knows, like, what kind of stuff he's looking for and all of that. So he gave her that job first. Then he had her redo the entrance of his townhouse. And she said that uh, basically they were like, hey, we can really make your career in the art world. We know tons of influential people. Mm -hmm. Work for us. We'll change the world for you. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, being a working artist, like, hell yeah. I, like, of course I want that. Yeah, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity. So yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So then she was doing that for a while. She had Jeffrey, like, at the townhouse doing his thing. And she said, like, it was, like, almost a revolving door of young girls and women coming in to his house. Yeah. That's what I've probably heard the most. The sense of just people constantly coming and going, which is disturbing by itself. Yeah. And when she had inquired about it, Ghislaine was like, oh, we're doing modeling auditions for Victoria's Secret. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's she's a pretty like, good lie. That's a pretty good lie. It is a really good lie. She was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Like, that kind of makes sense. Like, if, that would be why, like, these younger women are coming through and a lot of the modeling world kind of goes after younger women and oh, young girls. Well, yeah, especially at that time period. Like that was, yes. yeah, that was kind of a fucked up thing about the 90s for sure. Really, She's, really slim frames and very young. Yeah. Yes. And then she stated that she actually was able to meet Donald Trump. 
at his office at Epstein's which, office, which like feels like it, at a certain period of time is a great brag. Nowadays is not as much of a brag. Yeah. And the thing that makes my hair stand up on its end is that she said Ooh. she felt like Trump was eyeing her and like oh. giving her that <laughs> once over scan. Yeah. And Epstein was like, she's not for you. Shut up. I know I've brought this up before, but like every moment where it's already getting as gross as it can possibly be. It gets be. grosser. Yeah. Like it was gross enough when you said that Trump was eyeing her over. And then the, the fact that Epstein would pick up on that and like have the wherewithal to be like, oh, uh, yeah. Donnie, she's not for you. And it's, Jeez. I will say at that time, it was not the same as like Trump now. Sure. Doing that. Mm-hmm. He was still like at least twice her age doing <laughs> this that. Was, yeah, this was still the 90s. <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. Right, exactly. It, yeah. But it I am going to say he was younger and like more in his 40s than his current age of Well, mid-70s. and I uh, did you uh, I I feel like I lost a little bit of this um how old is she at this point? Because she she's like college age, isn't she? Yeah, she's early twenties. Okay, okay, okay. No. I like not that that's good. Just a different perspective from like previous victims. Yeah. We've so, about. um, now that I think about it, I actually do think she is quite a bit older than her younger sister. Well, oh, I forgot this. So was I think they have before. more of like a five year age gap versus the three I was initially thinking. Well, and it still puts it in a weird kind of perspective from previous uh, victims' tales about, like, how... Well, we were just talking about, you know, when she turned 18, she was suddenly too old. So it's kind of weird just to even have someone who's, like, college age, like, being a part of this. Yeah. So, while she is... You know, doing that, she, sorry, I just lost my place a little bit. She told this story to her mom about, she's like, oh yeah, like I met Donald Trump. And she's like, yeah, it was like a little weird. Like he was kind of looking at me a little funny and Epstein was like, oh, she's not for you. And her mom's like, okay, that's kind of weird. Okay. And I think that kind of put her mom on a little bit of like an alert yeah. With Maxwell and Epstein, and that she's like, okay, they're maybe a little weird, but sure. My daughter Maria is also like an adult. She can make her own decisions, and like you I know, can... she's making money, following her dreams. Like, yeah, I can nothing see she's mom... saying is making me like immediately worry. Yeah, and I, and I can I feel like like her age at this point is an important factor in the sense that her mom thinks that you know. She's an adult. She's making her own decisions. She's she's making her own path in the world. She's building her own career on her own talent. So it's like I'm whatever she's talking about, like I'm not gonna get involved. She's like got this world that's going on that she's trying to navigate, that kind of yeah. thing. And right. it's not like she's telling her like something super concerning that is happening. <laughs> she's like, okay, right. like Maybe he's saying that because, like, she's working for him and he's thinking that, like, oh, like, maybe he can, like, 
date her and he's like no that's someone who works for me like don't do that or well and this is still the 90s like as as a a male like like i have a sister the my perspective on this is the idea of like being a mom in like the 80s or 90s and you yeah. hear a story about like a guy who's ogling your daughter at the office you probably think well that's fucking par for the course so she's probably not thinking that this is a huge deal in any way she's just yeah. thinking oh she got to meet donald trump wow that's a great step up for her career yeah but also like okay like see if she says like anything else that's concerning right 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 for sure like not bringing it up to her that it's like hey like are you okay she's like okay like she's you know experiencing being a woman in the workforce at this time i was gonna say i don't feel like i i illustrated my point well enough the idea is that like through the 80s and 90s is that like this kind of sexualized this objectification exactly yeah it was happening a lot so Sorry. you can totally understand her mo- no I don't, I don't think i explained my just, perspective disassociating well. my brain just a tiny bit no, no no but yeah like the idea that her yeah. mom wouldn't think this was a big deal is really just a testament to how kind of like chauvinism and sexualism yeah uh, sexualism sexism there's the word yes has been pervasive through the years and yeah yeah yeah, it's and something Maria did say is that she f- she felt like Maxwell was very charming mm. and that she offered a level of assurance that like all of the young women around Epstein like they're safe because she's there. Like you can oh trust that like nothing is happening to them because you know there's a woman there. Oh, I can't believe it took me yeah, you're absolutely right. There, well, because there yeah. are there are a few like like not uh, serial killer and like serial like sexual assault couples in history. Yeah, I didn't even that just hit me just now. <laughs> yeah, yep. no, she she's gonna give Epstein a lot of credibility in terms of tr- like trust because there's this woman there who they're going to like see themselves as like an equal and. It's kind of one of those things, like, it's not immediately setting off alarm bells. And this is something that still happens. Like, this still happens quite frequently where it's like, oh, like, there's a woman there. So, like, it's not something to worry about. And Yeah. No, I I can't believe I didn't pick up on that until just now. But, well, even the idea that, like, they're they're kind of um, what we touched on in, like, parts one and two is they're loosely a couple like depending on the circles you run in they're they're kind of involved not necessarily but like depending on how they are presented they definitely know each other right and you know that you don't think that there's any kind of weird thing that might happen because it's like well they're already committed to each other so i'm in a safe space because nothing can happen to me because they're already like in this thing I, oh, I I'm honestly yes. disappointed in myself. I can't believe I didn't think about that until until just now. Well, in in a weird way, and Epstein... I have a separate tangent I have to tell you okay. after <laughs> all of this that I am not going to share. Well, because so in me. a weird way, like that could have been even from the earliest days, like Epstein using Maxwell like to help guard himself. Oh because yeah, it makes Absolutely. him more approachable. I. 
I, I'm just disappointed. Like I didn't think about that until just now. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, oh, I myself have actually seen this idea in practice. Is with that what you were talking about with like job? Oh, okay. no. Oh, no, that's a whole different story. <laughs> okay, um, well, now I'm one of my previous bosses, anytime he traveled, he had to have either his wife there. Okay. Or another man traveling with him. So that should any of us traveling for any sort of event, which I never got to do because of COVID, um, he didn't want us going in his like hotel room without like a third party present, essentially. Which I understand, yeah. As far as like like, the way the world works, and sure, trying to protect himself, Mm -hmm. but it was also like that. Yeah, in a way, there's there is some weirdness to it. Well, because like, yeah, it's one of those things where like, if you're not like fucking Bill Gates of Microsoft. Like you yeah. can't imagine why you would need that kind of security. Yeah. So yeah, if you're I, at like a certain lower level, you're like, why do you feel the need to do this? Yes. And that was more my feeling with it was why do you feel that you need to protect yourself this much? I'm like, cause right. Yeah. So Maxwell brought bringing this all back full circle, right, brought right. that sort of like another long tangent. Yeah. You know, safety assurance that right. like i yeah it almost forgot oh like there's a woman from. there yeah. so like it's just so much safer exactly yeah yeah she feels secure yeah and maria was stating that she also recalls like Ghislaine leaving the house and being like oh i've got to go get girls for jeffrey like i'm just like running errands i'm going to the post office i'm gonna go get yeah. girls for jeffrey and then i'm gonna go like stop and get a smoothie that's pretty like the most up. normal thing. And that anytime they were like, if they were driving somewhere, like, cause they, you know, Epstein had a driver. Epstein didn't do like anything nope. for himself. I was going to say, so, if, if I had that much money, I if I had that money, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I'm not judging on this point. Like if I had that no, much no, money, no, I would have someone drive me everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But so like he had specific drivers and right, that, right. Oh, that would be a thing. Yeah, like he would have this drivers is... for certain pickups, so to speak. So if they were like driving around or they were like going somewhere, Maxwell would often refer to if they were passing like by a girl on the street, she'd be like, and then I had to look this up because I didn't know what this word meant initially. And then I felt oh. really grossed out. Yeah. Is that she would refer to the girls as nubiles, which for anyone who oh. was like me and didn't know what that means, <laughs> that means that they are young and sexually attractive. So she'd approach these girls on the street and she, like they'd be driving along and she'd tell the driver, she'd be like, oh, that's a that's a really nice nubile and be like, go get that girl to the driver. So we'd pull over so she could jump out of the car and like approach her. That is, I like, and it's I, gross. <laughs> like, yeah, well, cause like, ah. I mean, 
See, every <laughs> this this goes against to like the sense of like every step that we take, it just gets worse and worse. Because like I yes. was I was already comfortable with the idea that they had like a system. <laughs> and now we yeah. learned that she's just driving around, literally picking up people on the street. Yeah. And oh this God. is in New York. Yeah, yeah. So Ohio. it's they had different systems for different areas because you know Florida was like the pyramid scheme, and New York is right. just picking them off the road. Just picking them off the road. Oh my god! So she was like, "Yeah, that like happened, and it was kind of weird." Yeah. So she then later gets asked to do work in Ohio for Epstein. And that was doing the stuff for Les Wexner in his mansion. Oh, right, right. I forgot about Les. Les And that's in the summer of 1996. Oh, my God. We're still in the 90s. We're still in the 90s. We have not progressed very far. And at this point, I am going to put a pin in Maria's story. And we're going to just kind of switch over to Annie. So like while Maria's doing all this stuff in New York and she's now working in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. We're doing that fade away thing where it's like, this is meanwhile Annie's doing this thing. So at the, at the tail end of Maria being in New York, she mentions like to Epstein very casually, like, Oh yeah. Like my, Younger sisters, like, looking to go to college in the next Uh, few years. Like, doing the small talk thing that people do when they're like, oh, like, how's your family and this and that. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, just kind of doing what we all normally do in social interactions. Uh, Where it's like, oh, yeah, like, my sister's looking to go mm -hmm. to college and I'm excited for her and blah, blah, blah. You could just imagine this weird sort of pause. Like, like you're in an elevator and you're just making small talk. And then she says, yeah, my sister. And then Epstein gets this twinkle in his oh, eye and he kind of eggs. Yeah, he turns mm. his head and he gets this She's looking spark. to go to college, is she? Mm. How, how, how old is she? How, how old is she? And you're like, um, why did you say it that way? <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah. I'm in my 20s. She's in high school. Did you say high school? Did you say high school? Uh, I'm Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. So he was like, oh, well, like, if your sister wants to come and look at, like, schools in New York, like, we'll fly her out here. Like, we'll pay for her to do college visits. Right. Which is so, hard to, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, I mean, that's up. kind of, absolutely. So without a doubt. At this time, their family was in Arizona, but they later moved before the summer to Kentucky. Okay. So he flew her from Arizona to New York. And Annie was saying that, you know, things were casual. Like, he showed up, like, wearing sweatpants and, like, drink champagne with her and was like, let's talk about, like, your college plans. Like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? And she's like, okay, like, this is, like, a cool, like, older dude. Like, sure. Like, she's convinced that also not going to insult the man who just flew me out here to look at colleges. Exactly. And and is already associated with my sister. So, like, he's yeah. just trying to help young people get to where they want to be. Yeah, you can you can totally see how she's just, like, roped into this whole world because she thinks that it's yeah. all completely innocent. Yeah. And 
she said that they in the afternoon he's like oh like let me let me show you the area kind of give you a feel for like what going to school here could look like they went and saw a movie oh. like such a normal thing and or sure, for looking at a at a school that you're going to yeah let's go to a movie like was it, to was kind it of graduate no okay. just i don't i don't know what movie it was it was just to kind of okay. give her an idea of like oh like you're on a night out with your friends like you're going to go see a movie like here's a good place to go and for for anyone who's unfamiliar the movie the graduate is about a, a an older woman taking advantage of a younger man who never met it doesn't yeah my apologies. It was a joke. No, my bad. <laughs> we're, we're trying to make light of a dark. I was going to say, I'm, I'm trying to bring any levity I can, and it's not going well. So as they were in the theater, he started grabbing Annie's hand and was like rubbing mm-hmm. her hand in in the way that you do like when you're in high school and you go to the movies like with your crush and you're like oh my god he's holding my hand i know but it's not high school but it's not high school it's It's this man who's so much older than her i this is not again this is not the point of like the story do you happen to know what movie they went to see i really don't know i did not see anything that said what movie it was like i just feel like it's one thing if it's like like a Pixar movie. And it's another thing if they like went to see Schindler's list or something in the nineties, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. But I, so okay. then his hand then moved from her hand to her lower leg. So like calf area, mm-hmm. which is like <laughs> kind of just, weird. Yeah. Just in general, like, I was gonna say, like the, just the logistics the of, of your calf, like, yeah, Why? we're getting hot and heavy. Let me let me adjust my seat so I can reach far down. Let me just like lean forward. Yeah. I'm going to do this in the weirdest way possible. The thing she did notice is that he stopped like touching her and he'd like remove his hand when he turned to talk to her sister. Oh, she was there? Yeah, so he's oh, like sitting that. in between them. Well, that's less of a shock. Like, yeah, that's not super shocking. Yeah, that feels... He'd, like, turn to talk to Maria, and then he'd, like, go back and then move his hand back to, like, where it was. And she's like, it was weird. Well, it is weird, because it it, it feels like he's like, oh, I'm not getting any play over here. I'll talk to her sister. And then he's, like, having a little bit of, like, a a bit of an exchange with her. And he's like, oh, nothing's happening over here. I'll go back to the younger sister. And it's just like, dude, just... Yeah. How are you this creepy in every possible way? So then later he mm-hmm. offered to send her on this trip to Thailand okay. and that they were all going to leave from like his estate in New Mexico. They were going to like go to Thailand. It was going to be like, we're going to be in New Mexico for the weekend. Then we'll go to Thailand. And then like, That's a we're going to be on this trip with like lar- like a group of students and oh, uh, yeah. they're going to be chaperoned by like mm-hmm. Ghislaine and a professor. And her mom initially was like, he wants you to go on this trip, like with other students. And she's like, well, yeah, like there's going to be other students there. Like our professor, a professor's going to be there and like this and that. And her mom let her go. And yeah, I mean, that sounds like a cool opportunity. Yeah. And her mom also was like, okay, like her sisters talked highly of like Elaine and this and that. And like, okay, like it's, 
It's yeah, not feel, just her and Jeffrey. Right. I, I feel like a lot of this hinges on them, like, playing the older sisters so that they can, like, manipulate the younger sister. I and, would say so. Yeah. And making their mom feel comfortable with them just in general, for sure. Yeah. So then at that point, she then arrived and was like, oh, it's just me and Jeffrey and Ghislaine. Oh. Okay. Wait, and Wait, but they were, she, she had a flight with the other students. So she thought she did. She oh. didn't have like the, like the oh. action. If they gave her like an itinerary, it was a fake one. Oh. So when no. she got there, she was like okay, like, we are meeting for this weekend, and then, like, right. we're supposed to go to Thailand. So, like, what, I was like thinking what's she's like, on? I was thinking she's, like, on the plane, like, with other students, like, no. sitting next to them. No, because oh. they were all meeting in New Mexico, and then oh, they were, no. like, going to go. Oh, so okay. Oh, God. So now you're in Thailand just with these two creepy people. She, so they're in New Mexico. They didn't go to oh, Thailand this... at all. That was, like... The whole thing oh, the was like there was going to be this trip right. to Thailand, and that makes sense, right? I think they were supposed to be like meeting, like all getting all the students together for the first time, so that they could be right. like, "Oh yeah, like we're so excited for this trip," and then they were going to go at like a later I, date. No, I'm I'm actually disappointed in myself just for the fact that I'm like, yeah, he's not going to actually go to Thailand. He he has his own island. They could just go there, <laughs> like. Just the the like the efficiency of it. They're not going to Thailand. He's going to set all this up. They're going to, to meet in New Mexico. Yeah. To be fair, when he did take trips to Thailand, I very much had the assumption that he was not going there to oh, help the people of sure. Thailand oh, by any means. Oh, for sure. I, so. Yeah, like any. Yeah, I'm willing to put that out there right now. Like anytime he oh, went yeah. to Thailand, I'm sure it wasn't for any kind of altruistic me i just i was under the impression that like she was landing in thailand with a plane full of her peers i didn't realize they still hadn't even left the u.s yes they had okay. not left the u.s right right right. And now i'm on the right page they had this dinner party that was supposed to be like all the students mm -hmm. and this is when elaine guggenheim is also reported to have been at this dinner party oh, okay with these other students and uh with uh annie and mm. everyone mm. and from what i heard and this is i'm trying to remember everything accurately from the netflix documentary is that like it was a really oh. weird dinner oh, and it was like very sexual in nature but like a lot of the people who like were students were like kind of uncomfortable with it I would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> and, like, at one point, they brought out, like, sex toys and were, like, oh, Whoa. like, making this whole thing. And Eileen Guggenheim was, like, that never happened. I was never there. Okay. And that mm. sort of thing. And it's been stated by, like, Annie and a few other people who were at this party that she was definitely there. And right. She was like, well, I was there, but I didn't stay for the dinner. And, like, her story has changed. I was, I was just going to say, like, okay. once your story changes once, you're fucked. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, and... you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I was there. It's like, yeah. well, now you're. So then it ended up just being Annie 
there by herself for like the rest of the weekend. Whoa. And she said that it was very uncomfortable. Sure. And that the whole weekend, Ghislaine was like, oh, well, like, you just like look like you could get a, you could use a massage. Like, let me give you a massage and this and that. And she was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> and then she eventually persuaded her into giving Epstein a foot massage and then was like giving her pointers as she did it. Oh, God. And one of the mornings she when she woke up, Jeffrey then came into her room and was like, I want to cuddle with you and like got in bed with her and then just like was there. And she's like, it was really weird. <laughs> she's like, he didn't do anything, but it was weird. Like he just was there with me and it was uncomfortable. That is almost extra bizarre. So I... then oh, so fucked up. with Ghislaine repeatedly asking her about giving her a massage, she finally was just like, okay, fucking fine. Give me okay. the massage. Wait, to uh, uh, Ghislaine? Yeah, so Ghislaine gave Annie a massage. Oh. At <laughs> one point, she had her lie on her back. Okay. And then... I, I know this is different for men than it is for women, but for well, women, you have sure. it like up yep, on yep. your chest like near your clavicle for a sheet and she pulled it like down to her waist and her hips yeah that's definitely different you don't do that no. and then she was just massaging her chest oh, so okay. she's just that's... groping her the whole time like if anybody and... at this point had any qualms about how weird like maxwell was what's her name again maxwell Ghislaine Ghislaine. Maxwell. yeah um, yeah, that's out the window at this point. That's because, oh, yeah. well, like you say, like you don't even have to be a professional masseuse to understand what is inappropriate. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're pretty sure you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, no, you're definitely not. Mm -hmm. And she said that she didn't see Epstein there, but she felt like he was watching them. And it was like, she had that feeling that he was watching. <sighs> Which... <laughs> Oh, that's creepier. Yeah. Like, like I can't. That's the kind of thing where, like, I can't put that onto like official evidence or like uh, whatever. But like, I I understand yeah. that sense of like that I never feeling. saw this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this isn't gonna hold up in court, but just like for myself, it, yeah. it feels so extra. Oh weird. yeah, and she's like, I can't prove he was there. I didn't see him, but right, like, right, right. Felt like he was watching. Oh. Like I had that feeling that he was there. Like the the eyes in all the paintings on the walls are moving. Yeah. And it's him. And so while that was happening, her sister's at his estate in Ohio doing all the stuff for Les Wexler oh, right. and all this of is, that. So this I already is, forgot. This yeah, this summer. is the other sister. Oh, my God. So then while Maria was so... Annie then left and like went home, did not do anything with Maxwell or Epstein after sure. that. She was like, that was really sure. fucking weird. Like, I, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh -huh. So then Maria was at his estate in Ohio and then Epstein like came in and was like, oh, like, I really need a foot massage. Can you help me? And she's like, I mean, like, sure, I guess. And then. <laughs> She said that it was very awkward because he was making very exaggerated noises of 
pleasure and she's like it was weird and she's like i'm not trained for i'm an artist i'm an why artist are you, i'm not why are you for this. Like, yeah why are you asking me to do this in the first place yeah and then he invited her to sit on the bed with him and of all the things she said he's watching i was like of course of course he's watching a PBS program about math. No. no. <laughs> and this is the only thing I could laugh about because I was like, are you kidding me? Wait, what? Yes. That is literally yes. the last thing I was expecting you to say. You mean yeah, like the I golden know. triangle or some shit? Just, I, go, I don't even know. Something on PBS on about the math. golden rule in math. I <laughs> got now, as you get between my toes, really pay attention to the algorithmic theorem here. As yeah, oh, the, pic- yes, the Pythagorean the theorem. Oh, say Pythagoras to me again. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, literally, again, it comes back to the idea that like every step that we take in this fucking story, it gets it's weirder. <laughs> it gets weirder. How is that possible? I really don't know. He's so watching then- math. Then Maxwell joins the two of them. Oh, okay. And they both began violently groping Maria and commenting on her bodily features to the point that she was bruising. Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she got extremely freaked out. Like, she's like, I'm about to get raped by these two people right now. So she, like... That flight or fight response kicked in and Uh she fucking booked it and barricaded herself in a room in a different part of the house. Good move. And it's at this point, like she's in her room, she's barricaded the door and she's like gathering her things. So she's like, I just, I need to get out of here. Like I'm not fucking staying that she notices that some of the nude photographs that she had taken of her younger sister for like her figure projects were missing and she's like oh my god he stole my the photos of my underage sister yeah and like well like with what's happening currently in that situation and all of that it's like all of the pieces came crashing together and she just went oh my god yeah, she's, so she's like, I helped them do this. She with, is like, unwittingly freaking out. So one, Ugh. she's calling different people. Like she called her parents and was like, I need you to come and get me. Like, I need you to drop everything and get me right fucking now. Her dad just, gets in his yeah. car and books it from Kentucky to Ohio. Yes. I was like, this is this is the call that every dad hates to get, but is always prepared for, where it's like, look, yes. I don't care what time it is. I don't care how drunk you are. I don't care what the circumstances. I need you to come get me, and yeah, I need yeah. you to get me right now. And he said, this, yeah, this I is fucking that, will. And yeah, this is that did. level of trust where it's like, we will talk about whatever happened later, but like, if you're in trouble, I don't care what time of day it is, you call me, I will come and get you. Yeah. Like, I and will be there. One of the other people she called was Fishgull, who was like her mentor for her artwork she called him and she's like i don't know what to do like i'm really freaked out like this is confusing he's like you need to get the fuck out of there like you need to go and you need to go now yeah okay i'm like 
one of the sane people in this story that's like <laughs> yeah what the no get out of there like remove yourself please yeah. and in one of his interviews where he actually does talk he's like yeah no she called me and i was like get out you need to go right now like just get your stuff and leave good don't yeah. don't look back get home like leave right now and yeah. fuck it get out of there yeah so then she got home she was safe and then she found out that her sister Annie was at his ranch in New Mexico and oh, was right. being subjected to this weird topless massage and like this really weird oh, kind I of for- fucked up weekend. Oh, I forgot that's happening like at the same time. It's happening like oh. within quick succession of each other. So yeah, like that yeah, happened yeah. with her sister. She's not there. And then she gets home and finds that out. And she's like, where the fuck is my sister? Like what is happening? So her sister was home and her sister like told her this and she's like, oh my God, like I introduced this predatory man into your life. Like, yeah, okay. I am the reason this happened to you. Like, oh my God. And she like was extremely upset about it for obvious reasons. Yeah. And like she did return to New York that fall, like after things like calmed down and she like felt okay. And she got like, she went and contacted like New York police department. And she's like, Hey, like this dude's living in New York and he's doing these things. And they're like, okay, like we can't do anything about like what's happening in Ohio. Like that's out of our jurisdiction. Mm. Uh And while that's happening, Maxwell is calling her telling her like we're going to burn all of your art your career is fucking over like how dare you wow and so she's telling new york pd that and they're like okay like we can take the art theft seriously (laughs) like we can take that seriously because that's here right right right. can't do anything about what happened in ohio but like we'll we'll get the info and we'll, we'll get back to you yeah and they never talked to her. So then oh. she went to Eileen Guggenheim and other people in the New York art world and were like, they're frauds. They're taking okay. advantage of young girls. Like they're going after people in these circles and no one was taking it seriously. So yeah. like they met her and her sister met with magazines. They did interviews. Like they brought up all of this stuff. And as they're doing this, Ghislaine is calling her and like threatening her. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she said to her at one point that she better be careful and watch your back. I know you go to the West side highway all the time while you're out there. Just be really careful. Cause there's a lot of ways to die there. Whoa. Oh my God. I which like the one silver lining of that is it does feel like you're getting somewhere in the sense of like you're getting close to the weak point of these people because like if they're threatening you in that kind of way it's like okay I'm touching on a nerve here yeah and poor Maria is she's so freaked out by this she's just completely distraught. And while she's trying to do the right thing and trying to fight for like the justice of like, this shouldn't be happening. Like, yeah, 
he took advantage of me. He took advantage of my sister. Like he's doing this to other young girls and women and right. feeling like she's not getting anywhere. She's being threatened for her life that yeah, she just messed up. quit. She quit the art scene <gasps> altogether and okay. moved back home. I, she just I said, mean, I cannot do this anymore. And yeah, you can't really blame her. No, she, yeah. she said that some of the things that like really affected her was that like, she felt so sickened by her own paintings and oh, artworks. No. And the fact that Jeffrey was buying her art yeah, because it was depictions of nude forms of girls okay. and like younger women Versus like their actual creative artistic value and what she's trying to portray and say with her yeah. pieces. Right. It was because it was nude forms of younger women. I, which is, yeah, which I feel is incredibly unfortunate because the whole time she thinks that she's advancing her own art form. Yeah. And it gets tainted by this guy. And it's like, you you were in a mindset before you knew any of this was happening. So the art is, in my opinion at least, it the art is still pure. Like, yes. you weren't, yeah, like, just because it was... She wasn't it was, creating it exactly. for that. Right, right. It, it, But it makes me feel for her in the sense that, like, she created these pieces in a, a mindset that was innocent, and then she later learns that it was kind of manipulated by this piece of shit. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't necessarily change the art, but like the idea that he's buying it, I can understand how that would like freak her out. Yeah. And she actually underwent a breast reduction surgery because she could not forget the comments that Ghislaine and Jeffrey oh. had made about her own body. Oh my God. That, that... like, she... She's like, I just, I can't look at myself in the mirror the same way. I'm like, Like, God. the idea that she would modify her body because of the trauma from other people is yeah. sickening. I will say, luckily, Annie was in a way better place sure. mentally well, than good. Maria yeah. was, which is... Okay great because you know annie was able to kind of like just keep moving forward in life and like she earned her doctorate and i think her doctorate Whoa. is in psychology oh that okay that's really that's so, like awesome. she's fucking killing it in the world nice that, good for that you, is, annie that is and, actually really refreshing yeah yeah and they very much kept trying to like tell their stories as much as they could but the FBI didn't come to talk to either of them until Ugh. 10 years later in 2006. And unfortunately, by that time, because of the statute of limitation in New York, which yeah. has been changed since okay. then, sure. neither of them could take actionable lawsuits against Epstein. Shut but, up. yeah. yeah, I know. I know they were able to work with David Bowie's, who is one of the bigger lawyers and Wait, support oh, other his victims. His name is David Bowie, David Bowie's. Yes. B O I E S. Huh? Oh, that's a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. David. Bo okay. Sure. Cool. Yeah. 
I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not 100% sure. Well, I didn't maybe, remember the last say, time we brought his name up. Maybe David Boise or something. Either way, it's still incredibly close to David Bowie, who is an awesome like musical artist. Yes. May he rest in peace. Yes. So that is Annie and Maria Farmer. Wow. Um, okay. Hello? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, just stepped away for a minute, and I didn't know if you saw me do this. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay. I just, I like, I, I literally sat down as your screen went blank, and I thought that I fucked something up. No, that was just me stepping away for a minute. Okay. I am well, definitely I... done with tequila. Well, yeah. I took, like, one more shot after that, and I was like, oh. Well, in that this case. This is the limit. <laughs> In that case, I, I poured one more after the... So I'll, I'm going to do this last one. Yeah. Um, I was gone because say, I... I know... just did that and then was like... Oh, okay. I need to just step away for a second. Yeah. It's heavy. Um, I, I couldn't find my water and then I found it. But oh, um, in your honor, I will do my, my fourth one. Uh, and for anyone who's wondering, before I do this... Um, this isn't like a format that we talked about. We just, we're just kind of feeling this out. <laughs> like, I feel like we could maybe do this once or twice a year, just like as a fun thing for yeah. people listening and whatnot. We'll, um, maybe we'll come up with rules in the future, but we're, we're, this just felt like a heavy topic. So we're like, this might be one that we just yeah. want to like do shots for. So, uh, I think next time we go with like jello shots or something, that's like ooh. easy to consider. Okay. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can figure something out. Like, well, there again, this is all just up in the air. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, then is uh, it, are you on number four? Yes. Okay, so this is four for me. So, yeah. Salut. Salut. Oh, it. Oh. oh. Yeah. As George Clooney said in the South Park movie, it just doesn't get any easier. No. Oh. And uh, I don't know if this happens for you, but sometimes when I take shots, when it hits, oh. I get that like ringing in my ear and like the gaze out yeah. into the distance. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's uh, not with every shot that's happened to me. Where, no, it's like, like when it hits you like really yeah. hard and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Was um, this a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> I've hit that point. And um as a matter of fact, the the oh. first time that I ever remember feeling that um, was I think I was like twenty two, probably, and um, we had gotten into the habit of coming back to Minnesota. I, I went to, for anyone who's wondering, I went to school in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and we knew some people from uh, Apple Valley, Minnesota. There we go. So, like, every fall, we would get together and, like, hang out at this one person's, like, family's place. And then we would go to the Renaissance Festival and a bunch of stuff. We'd play video games. It's a good time. Oh, it's a great time. We'd play Guitar Hero until, like, 5 in the morning. It was great. But it was the first time that I ever drank uh, Jägermeister. And the ah. first time I ever had Jag bombs. Yeah. And I had, like, six within, like, 40 minutes. And... I'd had a little experience drinking by that point, but it was the first time in my life where I was actively in a conversation with someone, uh, my buddy Steve, and I put my hand on his shoulder, as far as I recall, and I said, Steve, 
you have to stop talking for a few seconds because the whole world has twisted like 180 degrees. And like every one of those shots hit me at the same moment. <laughs> and literally from like my perspective, the world started twisting and I had no concept of what he was talking about or like what yeah. he mentioned. And uh, from talking to him and like the memories that I have, he was trying to tell me like, Hey bro, I have to go home. So like, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the road. I got to go. And I just remember putting my hand on his shoulder and being like, you can tell me whatever you have to tell me in another few seconds, but you and I together have to ride this out right now. <laughs> Cause shit I is need happening. You to stay with me yeah, for a moment. Exactly. Yeah. Shit is happening right now, and I need a buddy to just kind of be stable for me right now. Yeah. This this just happens to me when I consume alcohol too quickly. So oh, like sure. normally I am I don't chug beverages. Yeah. Anytime yeah, yeah. I'm at work and it's like I have any sort of time where like, oh, we have to have like we have our uh, pre-shifts. So it's like little, honestly, it's maybe the equivalent of like three ounces because they're in like the oh, four okay. ounce glasses, but yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. filled all the way. They're like maybe <laughs> halfway. Oh, it's kind of cute. Maybe like a little bit more. And anytime like someone comes in, I have to set my glass down because one, I cannot chug beer. And two, the few times that I have attempted, I get this like, head rush ringing in my ear and I'm like Ooh. and then I'm fine a few seconds later but like I just had that with the tequila and I was like this needs yeah. to be the the end for today well, I, need to be I, done. Don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot but uh, Sammy and I may, when uh, when you get married later this fall we may come down with uh, bendy straws and we might make you uh, snorkel a beer which is a weird experience. Have you done that before? I haven't just, it's more just that like, it's very difficult for me to chug beer because okay. of my, it's, my gag reflex immediately yeah. makes me want to just vomit it back up. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is, it's a weird experience and the way that you do it, it creates a lot of carbonation, like the bubbles and stuff. Yeah. That, so and that's it, like what makes me want to then vomit is like the right. carbonation. And, and it, this is a very selfish thing because, uh, the, I have brought this up multiple times and none of my family members have took me up on it. I have done it with friends from college. I have found it to be okay. a very fun experience because it's one of those things where it's kind of like the last person standing. We're like, whoever yeah. can't chug, chug the beer, but we can talk about that later. Again, like yeah. this is all stuff that could just be cut out. I am definitely not opposed to like drinking and like going out and drinking like beforehand. It, it would be weird if you were opposed to drinking and being on this podcast. Cause like the I entire, yeah, like the entire purpose of this is pretty much drinking. So yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, back to what Virginia we Guffrey, Jane Doe number one hundred two, like one hundred two I mean, for anyone. I was going to say we're we're at the point where like this might be four parts because we're already at like a number yeah. of yeah. Th this Which, like she might get her own episode if hers is not her notes aren't like super long, okay. but if. I do put it into four parts. I will release all of our episodes sure. for victims at the same time. 
Okay, that which is fine. Yeah, because we like we yeah. Or it'll no, be like fine. one, and then like five minutes. Five minutes later, it'll be the next one. That's fine. Yeah, it's it's just that like we've already been co- recording for three hours. I think that's yes. fine. It's it, yeah, hers, giving people yeah. more of a break than what we normally yeah. do. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think we were planning on going this long, and it's uh, it's been an interesting yeah. time. So that's fine. I did not expect the notes to become as extensive as they were until been, I started doing I, it, I, and I was like. I've been interrupting a lot. So, I mean, it's. Um, I mean, that's how we do things here. That is how we do things. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Virginia, who is initially Virginia Louise Roberts. Okay. Was born in California on August 9th of 1983. And her and her family relocated to Palm Beach County, Florida when she was four years old. And similar to Carolyn, she too came from a troubled home. She was molested by a close family friend at the age of seven. Wow. Um, and was it, I mean, it wasn't like her grandmother's boyfriend, though, at least. No, it was like a friend of her parents. Like, not that it makes it better. It just, it just, the, the grand, with the uh, grandparents, it, it's a little like, ugh. yeah. The grand, the grandparent, the grandmother's boyfriend really threw me. That was something I was not expecting. Yeah, I wasn't either. I was like, fuck. Yeah, for sure. So with that and like her family not necessarily cutting ties with this person immediately, mm-hmm. she like right. ran away from home. She was put into foster homes for a while and then she'd run away from those. So then like yeah. at age 14... She was living on the streets and then. And, and not one... to put too fine a point on it, but she's generally considered to be kind of like the main name in like the resistance of this yes. movement, right? Okay, okay. Like that's kind of, yeah, saving yes. the best for last kind of a thing. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to put. She is his most prominent victim, okay. I would say. She is sure. the most known. So, yeah, all right, gotcha. Makes sense. So then she, at that point, was living on the streets and then was approached by Ron Eppinger, who was 65 years old and a sex trafficker in Miami. Oh, my God. Like, I like how you say that without any alleged, like, okay, so he's a known sex trafficker in Miami and approached her. So she had been living with him for about six months when he was then arrested and sent to prison. So So it is not alleged. He is in prison. Right, right, right. So so this is, this is before anything involving Epstein or or Maxwell, like, like she's already had a, uh, wow. Okay. Yes. And I believe at the time when, she was molested by a family friend. Her parents were also then divorced. Okay. So at this point, after living with Eppinger, she then reunited with her father versus okay. before where she was with her mother. Sure. And returned to live with him and was mm-hmm. then with him in Florida in Palm Beach County. And he was a manager at the Mar-a-Lago property and oh, no. was able to help her get a job there at 16. So a few years right. later. Right, right, right. And like for anyone who's familiar with Mar-a-Lago, like 
at this point, mid like nineties, late nineties. Like it's this yeah. is. But my point is, this is already Trump property. Like, the, mm-hmm. like everybody knows what Mar-a-Lago is. Yes, this it is, is mid two thousand. Okay. So, and like mid two thousand that year. Right, right, right. And that is when she met Ghislaine Maxwell because she was ah. working at the spa at okay. Mar-a-Lago. For sure. And she was reading a book about massage therapy. It was something she was interested in pursuing. So. Gillian saw her reading this book and approached her and was like, hey, I have a friend who's looking for a travel masseuse and we'd love to talk to you more about this potential job and told her that no experience was necessary. We will give you all of the training. Like, we will train you to be this massage therapist. And, like, everything that we've talked about before, it just makes it seem like like we already know what her mindset is. So like, he doesn't give a shit about having a travel massage therapist. He's just interested in young women or literally Mm -hmm. children that he can traffic for his own purposes. Yeah. And she then arrived at Epstein's Palm beach house where he was already like ready for this massage, like in the room when she got there. (laughs) Right. So then, yeah, Elaine, like, brought her in, and at first it was literally just that. It was just giving him a massage. Okay, okay. Elaine was giving her pointers, telling her, like, how to do things, like, better. And she's like, you know, they seemed like nice people. So, like, I started to trust them. And, like, it is at this point that she kind of opens up and was like, you know, like, Things in my life have been hard until now. Like, it's kind of nice to, like, have people, like, who are being so nice to me. And in retrospect, she now knows that that was, like, the worst thing she could have told them. Because they then knew how vulnerable she was. I was just going to say, yeah, like, she thought that she was in an environment where she could be supported. But she was actually digging herself further into like a kind of uh, manipulative kind of like quicksand almost of like people who were, yeah, right, right, right. And it was after that, that they then began grooming her to provide sexual services under the guise that she was going to be a trained professional massage therapist. And that was, the whole thing they kept telling her like over and over and over again is like, oh, like this is for your career in this. And like, we're helping you and like, we're giving you the necessary tools and we're going to send you to school and this and that. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people who would come at her for like her role in recruiting others. But again, she's a minor. She doesn't know what's like really happening. She yeah. thinks that this is a great opportunity for her. And these are adults that are taking advantage of her and using her to like bring other people in. It's yeah. That's why we're shooting so much tequila because this is just so yeah. This is the whole time. God, fucking ass. And then between 2000 when she first met them and 2002, she was closely associated with Epstein and Maxwell and traveled between his various residences. So she traveled from like 
New Mexico to New York to Florida to Paris wow. and to his island. Like she was going everywhere. And, and I, I don't mean to put this into like fine of a perspective, but for, for anyone who's been listening for a while and, and maybe doesn't yet realize I'm older than Celine. I graduated high school in 2003 and, and I graduated 10 years later in 2013. Ex- and yeah, and exactly. all of this is, yeah, and all of this is, and I, uh, my birthday is in May. So I'm one of the like late birthday people. So I didn't turn 18 until May of 20, uh, 2003. And all of this is happening earlier. And like, so this is like your high school years. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Like I, I'm trying not to put too much of my own personal perspective on this, but it's, it's, it's weird for me to hear all of the years that you're talking about. And it's like, this is someone like, even if I'm taking it from a perspective of someone who is my same age, they're not 18 yet. Like no. all of this is happening. Exactly. Like it's, it's kind of blowing my mind. Cause I'm like, I'm not graduating yet. I don't turn 18 until May of that year. And this is all happening in like 2001. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's sickening and yeah. And kind of blowing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So she was during this time being trafficked by Epstein to Mm -hmm. provide massage and sexual services for him and a number of his business associates. Oh God. So the way, the way she has phrased it is that she was being taken around the world on a private jet and being passed around like a platter of fruit. Yeah. And there again, like we've already heard other stories that she was involved in. So like I, I can understand her perspective of like she's being paid money and she thinks that this is like a great opportunity for her to travel the world. And it's 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 yeah. weird for me to try to put myself in her perspective now and like as an adult realizing how much you were used Mm-hmm. And it, it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really sickening. Yeah. And then in March of 2001, this is when she met Prince Andrew and she oh, was right. 17 at the time, which uh, yeah, she said was a wicked and really scary time in her life. And I think she refers to it as wicked, at least from what I am understanding and the fact that, like, she knows she did not behave in the best okay. manner, but she also was doing it out of fear. Sure. Yeah, she, she was being manipulated into behaving in yes. a certain way. Right, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And that the thing she could not understand is how people in, like, the highest level of government, like, powerful people were not only allowing these things to happen, but actively participating in it. Yeah. That that's the thing. Well, and that's why I kept asking earlier on about like, just, just, just to confirm like who Prince Andrew was because like, yeah, the idea that these people in these high places almost certainly have to know what's happening. And yeah. they're actively participating in what is going on. Yep. Yeah. And it is in this time that, like, she 
was told that they, so they went and they had dinner. They visited the nightclub in London. And as they were leaving, Maxwell told her, you need to do for Andrew what you do for Jeffrey. Okay. And she, the nightclub they took, they went to specifically was called the Tramp Nightclub. What? And that she, before going on this trip, she had told her boyfriend, Tony, at the time that she was really nervous and that he said she seemed kind of scared because she didn't really know how to react to it. Like, oh, you're going to London. That's so exciting. And she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Like, it's supposed to be something that sounds exciting, but she right. knows that, like, there are these contingencies that she has to follow through on. Right, for sure. And she's not entirely sure, like, if I don't do it, what's going to happen to me? And then Epstein paid her 15 grand to have sex with the Duke of York, which is Whoa. Prince Andrew. Oh, okay. <laughs> so That's... just for that first encounter. Uh, and just, we, we've talked about previously when she was messaging uh, messaging her sister, is this the encounter she was talking about? Uh, so it was her friend, uh, Carolyn. This okay. is the encounter. Oh, where right. she's okay, like, okay. oh yeah, like I got yeah. to sleep with him. It was so great. Because at the end of the day, like, it kind of is that self-preservation where it's like, yeah, right. if anything gets back to them, the last thing I want them to hear is that, like, I didn't want to do it. Well, and again, yeah, like, as a young person, all she's seeing is I'm flying around the world. I'm getting paid a bunch of money. and To hang out I... with these cool, rich people. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and she's, like, the way she sees it, she's bragging to her friends, but she's an underage person who is essentially being taken advantage of. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in a civil court document that was released in 2019, she named some of these men wow. that Epstein and Maxwell had instructed her to sleep with. And that includes, and we've said these names in like the first episode, hedge fund manager Glenn Dubbin, attorney Alan Dershowitz, our yes. good friend from O.J. Simpson's case, Mm-hmm. Politician Bill Richardson, late MIT scientist Marvin Minsky, wow, lawyer George J. Mitchell, and modeling agent Jean Luc Brunel, who we know also committed suicide to avoid his own sex crimes in Paris. So then. In a 2001 deposition, which was unsealed in 2020, she also stated that she had seen former President Bill Clinton and that he was on Epstein's pedo island with two young women. Mm-hmm. And she did later recant that allegation when the records were unsealed in 2019. Okay. And... In some ways, I kind of don't blame her because she knows she these are all very rich and powerful people. Right. And 
All of these men have denied any allegations of knowing her or having any sort of interaction with her. Right. Which, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So then in September of 2002, and this is when she was taken to Thailand and her friend and boyfriend thought she fucking died. Whoa. Because, like, they could not get a hold of her. They had no idea where she was. Like, she just disappeared. She was flown to Thailand to attend the International Training Massage School in Chiang Mai. Okay. That's what she was told (laughs) anyway. Mm -hmm. And then when Maxwell gave her the tickets, she instructed her to meet with a specific Thai girl and that she was to bring her back to the U.S. for Epstein. Wow. And... That basically she's then going to Thailand to then also help them traffic these other girls for Epstein, which is a huge problem over there. Sure. And it was then that she met Robert Guffrey, who is an Australian martial arts trainer. Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. Sweet. So she met him fell in love and they dipped out and went to Australia and she texted Jeffrey and was like, I'm not coming back. Good luck. Bye. Good. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And when they left for Australia, she broke off all contact for five years from anybody. Wow. Okay. Well done. Yes. Well played. Good Good deal. And then in March of 2005, while she's off, In Australia, the Palm Beach Police Department began their investigation of Epstein. And this is when the 14-year-old girl, with the help of her parents, was able to come forward and described being recruited by a classmate. Okay. And that's kind of when they started digging into it more, and they started having this growing list of all of these stories that were very similar Right, right. And they obtained a search warrant for his property. And with that, they found in the trash a note with telephone numbers of girls on it and, like, their names. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) And while the police was actually investigating and questioning one of the girls on this list, Epstein actually called her while she was being questioned by police. Oh, Wow. Yeah. So all of this happens. Okay. Things are just kind of falling apart. So they're like, they're going to talk to Virginia. Yeah, At some sure. point, all things are going to lead back to her and she's going to bring them to us. Yeah, without a doubt. So Maxwell and Epstein are kind of freaking out. So then they, and she said it happened in very rapid succession over like three mm-hmm. days. Sure. First, she got a call from Maxwell. Then she got a call from Epstein. Both of them were like, have you talked to anybody? Have you said anything? She's like, no. What are you talking about? And then the third was an FBI agent who said that she had been identified as a victim in a criminal case against Epstein. Whoa. Yeah. And she would not speak to the FBI for a while. Which I kind of understand in the fact that, like, 
she's had Maxwell and Epstein calling her now after disappearing and knowing everything. And she's like, now the FBI is calling me like, who's to say they're not going to come after me and make me disappear altogether. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're already worried about like everything that's happening. You don't necessarily need a government agency coming at you. Yeah. So she was later then confronted by the Australian federal police mm-hmm. in person. And she's like, okay, like I, I'll talk. I will talk. You found me. I will do it. Like I will cooperate. And her records and witnesses just confirmed everything about Epstein that like they had known up to that point. Okay. So then they were able to use that in his case in 2008. And then in 2009, in May, she then filed a lawsuit as Jane Doe 102. And she accused Maxwell and Epstein of recruiting her to a life of being sexually trafficked while a minor. And her case was settled out of court with the amount that was settled for sealed originally, which was later, later unsealed and... Good for her. She got half a million dollars. Yeah. Fantastic. Sure. Hell yeah. And she had stated that after the birth of her daughter is when she then decided to actually come out publicly with her story. Right, right, right. Because at that point, she was just like, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm trying to forget the past. I don't want to keep revisiting it. And then when she had her daughter, she's like, I need to protect her her from people like this sure and i i think kind of coming to that realization that like i shouldn't be shamed and silenced for something so horrible right that that isn't even your fault yes yeah and with that she worked to set up the framework for her organization a nonprofit called Victims refuse silence, which is to help survivors overcome like the shame and intimidation of sexual abuse and sex trafficking Mm -hmm. to help them actually have the resources and ability to come forward. Well, and, and I think that's very important because for some of us, it feels weird that people would feel shame to come forward and, and it's like for everyone who's on the outside, it's like, you should be talking about this, but I think there's a certain stigma where it's like, if you're on the inside of it, you do feel yeah. a certain shame. So it's, it's hard to talk about because you don't want to come out about it. And yeah. everybody else is like, we want to know about these stories, but you're scared to mention like what has happened to you. Well, and in a lot of situations, a lot of abusers will tell their victims, like, you were asking for it. You well, did yeah. this to you. Like, yeah. this is your fault. Right. There's and a lot of manipulation, a, manipulation that happens. Yeah. They put the blame on the victim instead of the accountability on them. Right. Because if their victim believes that, like, their actions and everything that led up to it is why this happened, they're not going to step forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in December of 2014, in a court filing, which 
was intended for the lawsuit that we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. for Courtney's case is intended to be like in addition to this lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She described specifically multiple accounts where she had been trafficked just for Prince Andrew. Whoa. Okay. That's and that's a lot. The first was when they met at the nightclub in which mm. she does claim that that was an instance of rape and that like none of that was consensual. Mm-hmm. Which you know, she's being paid for something that she feels like she doesn't have a choice to say yes to. Right. So, yes. Right, 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 right. And then the second encounter was at Epstein's New York mansion. So that is in the U.S. And she's yeah. being taken from Florida to New York. And then the third was an orgy on Little St. James Island, a little pedo island, that involved her several underage girls from Eastern Europe. If you remember talking about how he took his trips to Europe. Yep. 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 The Prince and Epstein were also involved in that. And has the Prince ever been like taken to task for this? So she actually sued him later for damages and emotional distress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was settled out of court as like a civil suit. And mm-hmm. he will claim to this day, I don't know her. She's a liar. None of this ever happened. Sure. And she herself has been on the other end of lawsuits, but has been mostly as a victim. But like there was a lawsuit against her from Rena O who sued her for defamation in 2021 and Rena accused Virginia of helping Epstein traffic girls and that she was part of this larger system and that she is not a victim. And I was very unclear as to what exactly the settlement for that lawsuit ended up being just because Mm -hmm. it was, oh, well, she was trafficking girls for Epstein. And then she's like, no, I'm a victim of what was happening. And a lot of back and forth because Virginia was like, oh, well, Rena was trafficking girls. And she's like, no, I never did that. And then Rena's like, oh, well, like Virginia was also helping to like sexually assault girls. And she's like, no, I never did that. And it's just a lot of unclear yes she said she said right 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 yep it yeah it's at a certain point it's just one person versus the other yes and it's one of those things that i i personally feel that they are both victims and that it's a shame that because of what happened that they're now being like pitted against each other instead of uniting sure. to attack the person who is actually who is responsible in the end, which is yeah, Epstein yeah. and the other higher clients and whoever is involved. Mm-hmm. And today, she remains in Australia with her family and is just living her life the best she can. I mean, that's about as good as you could possibly hope. 
Yeah. And that is all of the big cases that I can reasonably talk about when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein. For anyone who is interested in hearing more, I highly suggest listening to The Broken Podcast, which is on, I think, all major platforms, watching the Netflix documentary about Epstein, and there's countless others. I highly encourage that. Absolutely. Yeah, and we've made it through our dark topic. That was, uh, that was a lot. I think, yeah, I think it was, uh, four shots of tequila. Yes. Yeah. Um, Four total. If anyone drank more than that, good for you. I drank a lot more. Um, well, not a lot. I drank, um, a certain amount of beer past that as like a chaser. Um, it's been a bit of a day. Yeah. But yeah, if uh, if you have anything that you want to recommend to us, you can email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com. Yes. You can find us on Twitter at peculiarpairpod. And uh, you can find us on Instagram at peculiarpairingspod. And check us out on Patreon if you wish. Yeah. We have our first Patreon episode up. Really? As of February 1st. So yay. Wow. So you all can check that out. I actually tell a personal true crime story. So get to hear about that, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So there's that for you. I do have a small little update on a case we've talked about previously. Yeah. And that is of James Craig. Our arsenic dentist. Not to be confused with Craig, who records our episodes. He is integrated into Craig, a GOP senator. Exactly. Yeah, there's multiple Craigs. Uh, Say that. Yeah. So there's a different Craig. Yes. Um, He is currently fighting with his lawsuit, getting the history from his work computer thrown out. Right. Because he feels that his searches for how to poison someone and get away with it should not be presented in court. I mean, you know, from the outsider perspective, it's hard not to submit that. That that feels like a strong piece of evidence. Because, you know, it was on his work computer. It shouldn't have counted. He was the yeah, only one using it. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, like, look, yeah. sometimes we look things up that we don't expect to come back to bite us in the ass. But, you know, you want to boil your wife alive in uh, sulfuric acid? You, you look it up on the internet. Oh, he poisoned her with her smoothies. This is how much I pay attention. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah, well, he poisoned her with his with smoothies and was having the poison like sent to his dentist office. That okay, that does ring a bell. Yeah. Oh my god. People so if I see any more come up with this case, I will let you all know, but do know that things for the trial are happening. I don't really know how well it's going to work in his favor to get anything like that thrown out. Yeah, Yeah, probably not well, but I mean. 
But I believe his case is going to be set for either later this year or early next year. I want to say it's going to be this year, though. I don't know off the top of my head. Could be. Either way, we have recorded uh, a lot of stuff for this episode. So we are, uh, I mean, at the very least, we are over our quota. This could be two episodes. This is a lot of shit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And next time, we are going to be coming in with a history episode. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Like, thanks thanks for watching. If you have any recommendations, let us know. We yeah. already did that, but still, like, still, uh, yeah. reach out. I will listen. I might not. I, I <laughs> Matt makes I, no yeah. promises. Yeah, I don't, I don't make any promises. I don't check. So. But thank you very much. We'll yeah. see you next time, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye, listeners. Bye-bye.